Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Many books in the New Testament deal with practical issues associated with sinful, fallen man and with his struggle with problems, failures, and difficulties. These books are written from the perspective or point of view of the sinner. One book in the New Testament, however, uniquely takes God's perspective, God's view, and that book is Ephesians. Because of this very fact, many scholars consider this book to be the highest of all in Scripture. What this book reveals primarily is the church. The church not as an organization, a society, or a school, but as the center and focus of God's eternal purpose. God desires us to see the church and to value the church as he does. But in order to do so, we need to climb up to that same vantage point and view the church from the heavenlies as God does. Welcome to our first life study from Paul's Epistle to the Ephesians. And joining us for this program, Dick Taylor. Dick, glad you could be here for our uh, inaugural program in Ephesians. Quite a journey we have before us, isn't it? It really is. And what a privilege to be here, Chris, <clears throat> and to get out of our pitiful condition, get outside of time, get into Christ, get into eternity, and to get into God's heart's desire, which is the church. You know, Dick, uh, it's really hard to say that of all the 66 books of the Bible that Witness Lee covered in the 21 years that he labored to produce this life study, that he had any one that stood out above all the others. But I think without any question, he he really considered this book of Ephesians uh, that it occupied a very unique and very important place in Scripture, didn't he? He surely did, Chris, because... This book brings us, like you said, to God's perspective and God's view. And it's not a book uh, focusing on man's condition, man's uh, need, but really focusing on God's need, God's purpose, and God's heart's desire, which is the church. And if you consider every chapter of this sweet book of Ephesians with the six chapters, every chapter you see the triune God dispensing himself into humanity. Right. Every chapter you see the issue of this dispensing, and that is the church in different aspects. And every chapter you see the spirit of man mingled with God's spirit experiencing this precious dispensing and allowing us and affording us a way to be in reality the church. So this book is very, very unique, focusing on God's heart, God's desire, and it's something that's in eternity and in Christ. Just like it says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ. Mm. 
Dick, I think that a lot of people are familiar with Ephesians, maybe most frequently or hear some verses in chapter 5, maybe spoken at a wedding, something like this, uh, or the matter of warfare that comes up in chapter 6. But I think the aggregate view, the view of the whole of the book that we're going to see in this life study is quite unique in the whole realm of the expositions that have been done on this book. I think there's nothing quite like what we're about to embark on. And I think that's also evidenced by the fact that Witness Lee gave 97 messages in this life study wow. over this book of just, as you said, six chapters. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's an almost inexhaustible amount that's here, and we will do our best day by day as we get into it to touch uh, the high points and then always try to point our listeners to the resources where the real depth of these riches is unfolded, and that, of course, is the printed life study volumes. Well, our first segment today uh, begins in chapter 1, but more of an overview rather than beginning right at chapter 1, verse 1. We want to look today at the subject of the book, and we find that the subject of this book, as you already pointed out, is the church. In chapter 1, verse 22, it says, And he subjected all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of the one who fills all in all. The church, first of all, Dick, is the body. Amen. Let's join Witness Lee for this first portion. The subject of this book, Ephesians, is the church. It covers seven items of what the church is. What the church is. It does not mean too much what the church does. But it all together involves what the church is. The church is a body. The church is a new man. The church is the kingdom. The church is the family. The church is the dwelling place. The church is the wife. And the church is the warrior. What we do, what we work, doesn't mean too much. It doesn't count too much. What the church is, means a lot. Here, in such a church, Christ is expressed. And through such a church, Christ the person is lived out. And in such a church is the kingdom of God. The right, the authority, and with such a church, the family, all the life, the enjoyment. And this is God's dwelling place. And this is Christ's satisfaction. And this is God's warrior fighting the battle for his eternal purpose. My, what a church. By his mercy. We have to see, we need the vision. This is the church, nothing else. The church is not a school. The church is not a society. The church is not an organization. No, not at all. This is the church. This is the subject of this book. We can never exhaust this book because it is in this book that the church is revealed in all these seven aspects.
Well, Dick, right here in his introduction, he introduces us to the fact that the church in this book is seen as seven different items or different aspects. And uh, he mentioned the body, the new man, the kingdom, the household, the dwelling place, the bride, and finally the warrior. Mm-hmm. And in time, let me just say, we will touch all of these items in a lot more detail. Uh, but I was intrigued by his comment that we should not consider the church too much by what the church does. Rather, we need to see it as God does by what it is. What is he implying here? I think also, Chris, this goes along with uh, even the view of man in the Bible. Many people, even many Christians, view man as merely an instrument. But really, man is presented as a vessel to contain God so that he might be expressed. So when we see the church as the body, the new man, the kingdom, the household, the dwelling place of God, the bride of Christ, and the warrior, it's not so much what the church does, it's what the church is related to God's heart's desire. God desires to have an expression in his people, so the church as the body is his expression. Uh And God desires to have a man to represent him on this earth, and this the church is the new man, with Christ as the person being lived out. And also the church is the kingdom. God needs a realm for his administration. So the church is this realm. And also the church is God's household. And a household or a family is where there's life and where there's lots of enjoyment. It's just a wonderful place to be with your family. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that really meets our need and also God's need in a way of enjoyment. Then the church is also the dwelling place of God. We have to say hallelujah for home sweet home. (laughs) So again, it's not what the church does, but it's what the church is. This is home to God, and this is home to God's people. I'm so glad at this moment, even while we're exercising our spirit, touching this wonderful Christ, we are in home sweet home. That's the church. And then the church is what? The church is the bride of Christ, the wife, to really satisfy him in love. And lastly, the church as the warrior. It's not necessarily what the church does, but what the church is. The church is a warrior. Uh That's the fighting aspect of our Lord to defeat his enemy. All of these aspects of the church show us clearly that God's heart is not focused on what the church does, but what the church is. Dick, often we tend to judge things by what we see outwardly. And in the case of a church, of course, that may be all of the programs or the outward activities or perhaps even the nice building that it occupies. But these are not the kind of intrinsic things that God is looking at when he views the church, are they? They are not. The essence of the church is just as we mentioned, the body, the new man, the kingdom, the household of God, the dwelling place of God, the bride, and the warrior. So, This is the essence of the church, not just a superficial view. For sure, we can say, like our brother mentioned, the church is not a school, not an organization, not a society, and for sure it's not a material building on a corner. Dick, a lot of the other epistles in the New Testament, many of Paul's other writings, deal with the church on uh, a different level. Uh, Romans begins uh, with a view of mankind in his sinful fallen condition, the condemnation upon man in a number of categories. And I was thinking of uh, Corinthians, which is another book that talks about the church, but again, it's the problems that are manifested there. But this book 
Ephesians uniquely takes this high and elevated view, really the view from the heavens, as we pointed out. Amen. And Witness Lee will, I think, underscore this uh, very, very graphically for us in this coming portion. Let's go back to his speaking. Now we come to the characteristic. This book has a special point, a very strong characteristic. That is what? This book speaks forth not from the sinner's condition, like Romans. You open the book of Romans, right away you can see the sinner's condition. In Romans chapter 1, all kind of sins. That is a good category, a list of sins. In Ephesians chapter 1, you don't have such a list. Ephesians doesn't speak from the sinner's condition, but from God's eternal purpose. Marvelous. It doesn't speak from time. It speaks from eternity. Neither speaks from the earth. It speaks from the heavenlies. In other words, this book brings us all into God's purpose. It also brings us into eternity. Don't stay in time. You have to get out of time. Get into eternity. And it brings us into the heavenlies. Don't look at your condition. Your condition, a condition of gopher, condition of scorpions, condition of snakes, condition of frogs. Don't look at your condition. Look at God's eternal total. This book doesn't care for your condition. Forget about it. This book cares for God's eternal purpose. When we come to this book, we have to pray, Lord, get me out of my condition. I'd like to get into the heavenlies. Lord, rescue me from my condition. I'd like to get into the heart of God with a purpose that is eternal. This is a very specific, particular aspect of this book. This is the characteristic of this book. Dick, the church is the subject, but the characteristic is that God doesn't view us from the bottom. He really views us from the top. Uh, considering in chapter 2, this one reference that, that struck me as he was speaking here, again in Ephesians, it says, Even when we were dead in offenses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together with him, and seated us together with him in the heavenlies, in Christ Jesus. Amen. This, this is really the view of Ephesians, isn't it? It really is. And like he said, Ephesians 1 doesn't talk at all about the sinner's condition, but altogether opens up God's heart's desire, God's eternal purpose, takes us outside of time and our condition into the heavenlies in Christ. And chapter 2 continues this. Right. So you can see the focus is not on man's fallen condition, but on God's heart's desire. I like what our brother Lee mentioned. Forget about it. Forget about your condition. You know, because, sorry to say, before I touched this ministry, Chris, I was almost altogether focused on my condition, even as a Christian. I didn't have any awareness of God's need, of God's heart's desire of God's purpose. Right. So what happens? You just end up being a Christian focused on even your condition and trying to improve it. But I tell you, the solution 
is to see God's need and to see God's purpose and to get into a book like the book of Ephesians, which shows us the focus is not our condition, but altogether God's eternal purpose. So I agree with our brother, and may we all pray this prayer, even as we listen to this program. May we pray, Lord, rescue me from my condition. Rescue me from time, from all the things that hold me back from the view of your heart's desire. I want to see the church. So the, the, the special characteristic of this book is that this book is outside of time, outside of our condition, surely in eternity, in Christ, in God's heart, and this is where we need to be. We need to be with God in Christ, just like you read in Ephesians 2. Dick, wouldn't you agree that uh, rather than for us when we come to such a book uh, to try to struggle and strive to get into God's view, we just need to pray, Lord, give me your view of what you're revealing in this book. That's true, Chris, and and I hope all of you would pray that. Lord, give me your view. Don't let me be stuck in my condition. Have mercy on me. Surely the Lord will answer this prayer. We're going to come back to these seven items that uh, we've been talking about a little bit in tomorrow's program. We'll touch each of them in a little more detail than we did today. In our final segment today, we've now looked at the subject in a general way, the church, and the characteristic, that is the view that God has of the church. And in this third section, Dick, we want to look at both the writer of this epistle, the Apostle Paul, and the receivers of the epistle, the saints in Ephesus. Here's Witness Lee for our final portion today the writer and the receiver. This writer, this apostle of Christ is not a self-appointed apostle, but the one who was through God's will to be an apostle. The authority is with God's will. And this is the writer. Then the receiver, the saints in Ephesus. They do not only have a sanctified position, the position of the saints, but also what? A faithful living. Here, in between the writer and the receiver, there is a kind of traffic. There is a kind of communication. The communication of grace and peace. The grace and peace went out from the writer to the receiver. She says, grace to you and peace. This is the communication. And this is the fellowship. The fellowship between the writer and the receiver. The traffic, the communication. What is this communication? Grace and peace. Not gossip, not criticism. Not accusation, not condemnation, but grace and peace. Grace is just God for our enjoyment. When God becomes our portion for us to enjoy, that's grace. And peace is just a condition issued out of the enjoyment of God. When we enjoy God's grace, we are in a condition full of rest, sanctification, and joy. This is peace. Grace is a kind of substance. Peace is a kind of a condition. And this grace and peace to you. From whom? From God. 
our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here you have the Creator, God, and here you have the Father, our Father, and here you have the Redeemer. Don't forget, we have three status. We are created, and we are regenerated, and we are redeemed. On the one hand, we are God's creatures. On the second hand, we are the Father's sons. On the third hand, we are the Redeemer's redeemed ones. As the created one, redeemed one, and regenerated one, we have the full position and full qualification to receive grace Amen. and peace. Amen. Isn't this wonderful? Here we are. This is our position. And here's our qualification. We do have the position and we are fully qualified to receive grace and peace from the triune God. Dick, this was marvelous, his uh, description of this heavenly traffic that was existing between the apostle, the writer, and the saints in Ephesus, the receivers of this epistle. And actually, we're included as receivers, aren't we? We really are. And uh, anybody who reads this book, you know what happens? You get grace and peace. Yes. And how are you qualified? It's like our brother mentioned. We're qualified because God is our creator. As the Father, he's our regenerator. And as the redeeming Lord Jesus Christ, we're the redeemed ones. So we have the full right position to enjoy this communication in this traffic, which is just grace and peace. And I like the fact, Chris, that this book of Ephesians is saturated with grace and peace. In nearly every chapter in this book, you see the word grace. Grace is not merely unmerited favor, but grace is God being experienced and enjoyed by us. So every chapter brings you to the experience and the enjoyment of the triune God. And what's the result of enjoying him? The result is a condition of peace. And for sure, anybody who has spent any time in this book of Ephesians, what do you experience? You experience grace and peace. No wonder Brother Lee has 97 life study messages on this book, because every time he touched this book, he experienced grace and peace. He enjoyed what was being transmitted and communicated from the author to the receivers. Dick, we, you really can't separate these two, can you? I was thinking about peace and how mankind uh, generally and, and all of us individually are seeking peace and trying to find peace, but it's really related to grace, isn't it? And if we're enjoying God, we're ushered right into a condition of peace. That's really true, Chris. And actually, Christ is both grace and peace. When you're enjoying him, you surely have the condition of peace. So they are inseparable. Right. So surely when you're in the enjoyment, oh, there's just the peace. The greatest need is that we would be those who are constantly receiving grace. Wow. Dick, a wonderful beginning to this life study. I think that as we continue on for the weeks and months ahead, around each corner will be a new vista and always from God's perspective. I think that characteristic that he described in our second portion today is something that we want all of our listeners to really keep firmly in view as we go on day by day, week by week in this life study. We're really seeing uh, the whole vista, this time from God's point of view and God's perspective, so the, uh, the scenery is quite tremendous, isn't it? It really is, and every scene will bring you more grace. Hallelujah for God and joy. Hallelujah. Uh, that is our life study program for today. Before we part, let me uh, point out that 
these 97 messages that we've been talking about are printed in a three-volume set, and we would uh, encourage you to contact us right away about getting this three-volume set right as we begin this life study so that you can spend your time digging into these riches to your heart's content. And there is so much there for you to dive into and absorb as we uh, just touch the high points uh, in these short times that we have together each day. Again, that's the life study of Ephesians. And if you'd call us at our toll-free number, we'll tell you how to get it. It's one eight 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 life study That's 888-543-3788. Or you can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send an email to radio at lsm.org. Join us again tomorrow. We continue now into the book of Ephesians. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.